What's up, fanheads? Happy Labor Day weekend. The season has officially begun. And I'll tell you, all weekend I've just been listening to different clips of bands. Oh, man. I, I think that everybody is glad to be back on the field, making it a season that will be closer to 2019 than any other season. And so, yeah, band is back and I am loving it. So this week, I am talking to my friend Daryl Spires. Now, I just really love hearing stories from people who marched in different eras than I did. And Daryl, he marched in the late 70s, early 80s, I believe. Um, he is a graduate of Tuskegee University. And I wanted to make sure that Tuskegee was represented as well on this podcast because it's important for me to to shine a light on people from all conferences, all size bands, all different kinds of programs. And so, yeah, he has a really interesting story. He almost was not in the band, but I will let you hear it for yourself and enjoy. So here is my talk with Daryl Spires. All right. So this week I am with Daryl Spires, who marched for Tuskegee University. And Daryl and I have been friends for decades. I can literally say decades now. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm just really excited to get his story. I should have asked you to be on this podcast even earlier because I I know you love your school. I I will say that. You definitely love your school and you love your band. And um, yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So welcome, my friend. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. It's an honor to be on your podcast. And by the way, this is my first podcast, so um, I feel extremely honored and privileged to be here. Oh, yay, yay. I'm glad I could be your first one. Okay, so let's let's get into your, your band story. So let's start off. Can you tell me your hometown? Yeah, I, I, actually, my hometown is a small town about 90 miles south of Tallahassee in Florida called Apalachicola. That's where I was born. And when I was five, I moved to central Florida to a town called Winter Haven. So I grew up in Winter Haven, uh, marched in junior high school, high school band there, played in elementary school band. And so, um, so yeah, um, that's where, that's where I grew up. Winter Haven is in the middle of Florida, about halfway between Tampa and Orlando. Oh, okay. Okay. So, you know what? I don't think this time I, all this time that I knew you were from Florida, but, um, you know what? Maybe I did. It doesn't matter. Anyway, about your, did you go, did you grow up in a musical family? Uh, yes, I did. Actually, I grew up in a, in a very musical family. Um, my, my, my oldest first cousin was a music major from FAMU. Um, he taught music in Minneapolis for many years and came back. He was always a church musician. Uh, my, his, his sister was actually my choir, my cousin Annette was my choir director and she played for our church from the time she was 14 to the time she was 62. My mom sang in the choir. So yes, I grew up in, I grew up in a musical family. Okay. Okay. And what got you started into music? You said you played in elementary school, right? Yes. Yes. So when, so when they came around for sixth grade band, um, they, they were, um, demonstrating instruments and the saxophone made a two note sound. And I heard those two notes and I said, that's my instrument right there. Wow. Wow. So your, your family was happy. Mm -hmm. Your family was happy, um, that you, you know, picked up an instrument. I'm assuming since they were already musicians themselves. 
my daddy said, boy, why did you have to pick the most expensive in instrument in the band? <laughs> so, no, he, so no, he was not happy. <laughs> he was not happy to, to buy my plastic Bundy alto saxophone. <laughs> yeah, and then had to keep buying reeds and mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, so let's see. So you, you started in, in sixth grade. So how was your, your middle school band? Like, what was that experience my, like? It was really great because my band director then was, was Mr. Neal. And, and when our schools had integrated, we had a very good uh, black, black high school, Jewett High School, a marching Wolverines band. You know, uh, Mr. Neal was a Bethune-Cookman graduate. And so he was my first band director and he instilled in us uh, a lot of musical qualities, a lot of seriousness about band, even though he was, you know, he was teaching, he, not instead of teaching high school, he was teaching sixth and seventh grade. And so between him and my chorus teacher in elementary school, um, at the um, they really instilled in me a love of music. And so, you know, they were the, the last of, I was fortunate to have two of my great black teachers uh, teach me music. And so, so they were very supportive. They, um, they, they let us be leaders. It was, uh, it was, it was a very, very good experience. Good, junior good. High school, my junior high school was a very good experience. So I'm assuming the first college band you really remember seeing is FAMU, or was it maybe Bethune-Cookman? Do you hear me, Christy? Yes, I do. Okay, okay, yes. So, so yeah, that was, um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I really, I really enjoyed my junior high school band. You know, I tried out for drum major there. I felt like I could be all that I could be in junior high school band. It was fun. We, we marched in parades. Um, it was fun. Yeah. Okay. So it was, was FAMU or Bethune-Cookman the first like HBCU band you remember seeing? They were the only HBCU bands I'd ever seen. We, we would go to the Florida Classic every year. My sisters went to FAMU, me and my brother went to Tuskegee and my mom went to Cookman. So, but every year when the Florida Classic was in Tampa, we would go to the game and it was always a lot of family trash talking, you know, cause my mom went to Cookman. So I, I was used to seeing the marching men of Cookman and, and the marching 100 every, every Thanksgiving. So, um, so that was, um, that was just a part of what we did over the Thanksgiving holiday as a family. Okay. Okay. And so now you get yeah. to high school. What was your high school experience like in the band? My high school experience was, very mixed. Um, I, I, I mentioned I went to the area of Florida that I grew up in doesn't have that many African Americans in it. So we were about 10%, a little over 10, maybe 10, 15%. And so everything at our high school was very political, but in our band was very political. We had a large, very award winning core style band. Our band director was. Um, was a very good band director, but he did not respect HBCU bands. Oh no. All. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was very dismissive of show style bands. Mm, that's that's unfortunate. Wow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so you go ahead and, and go against the grain and end up, 
you know, attending a HBCU, although it's it, it sounds like it's not against the grain in your family if your mom's a grad graduate and sister. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, um, Charlotte, the other young lady that I was in the saxophone section with, she marched in the hundred. You know, we put uh, one of our drummers marched in the hundred. We we weren't stopped by him. You know, mm-hmm. we we know we knew what we liked. Um, all I know is that one football playoffs we we came up against Orlando Jones, and Orlando Jones is like a little marching one hundred. And all I can say is. After they went on the field, all us black folks in our little band, we look at each other. We like, we do not want to take this corny little mess on the field here. Mm. <laughs> they lit, they lit us up, <laughs> and he wouldn't even, he wouldn't even show their performance. We always um, looked at our performance, the other band's performance, and our band's performance, and we would critique our band's performance the next Monday morning. But he wouldn't even show Orlando Jones. He says we're not going to watch that. Um, wow! Yeah, he was a yeah, hater for real. For real, for real, for real. You know, uh, um, he's from your state. Remember, uh, he went to uh, Bob Jones University. So, um, wait a minute. Okay, so first of all, I'm I, I live in North Carolina, but I'm a Virginia girl. I, I, I know, I know you're a Virginia girl. I know, I know. But Bob Jones know, is in South Carolina. <laughs> oh, 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 well, somewhere down there, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's an excellent band director, though. We're still friends now. We're friends on Facebook, and from time to time, I'll send him an HBU clip of the Legion or something, and he never comments on it. So, wow. Yeah, yeah. I thought he would like. I thought he would like pass and review, but no comment on it. So, wow, he didn't even like pass and review. I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, yeah. So, so I thought that would be right up his. But he's a big Florida State fan. He loves. He loves the Marching Chiefs. Well, little does he know that he's got like HBCUs mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. arranging all up in mm-hmm. Florida State's program. But anyway, mm-hmm. I digress. <laughs> that that's right. That's right. I should introduce him to Mr. Shaw and say, "Here's where your Florida State music comes from." The, yeah, the exactly. So, so you know, Warren yes. Shaw does that. Yep. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, Tuskegee. So, what made you want to go to Tuskegee? Interesting, interesting story. Um, I was all set to go to University of Florida, and as an engineering major, they says, "Oh, well, you don't have time for band." And so I was, I was kind of buying into that. But I went to Tuskegee for a summer pre-engineering program, and just uh, providentially decided to stay. I liked, I liked my friends, and you know, we had gotten into, we got into some trouble at Tuskegee in the summer, and it kind of bonded me and my friends together. It's good trouble, but, uh, but, uh, but, but we all decided to come back. And I had no intention of marching in band there, but thankfully I brought my saxophone. And when I saw the first game, I'm like, wow, this is something way different than I'm used to. Because, you know, back then there's no tape, there's mm-hmm. no internet, there's, you just didn't see other bands unless you were actually on campus or saw them in a parade or something. So when I saw Tuskegee, it was a totally different style than I was used to. And I was, I was for, I was for all of that. And uh, so that Monday morning, I went down to the band cottage that Monday afternoon and um, talked to Mr. Duncan. And, you know, Tuskegee is such a small band. You know, I wouldn't have been able to do this anywhere else. I wouldn't have been able to do this at FAMU or Cookman. But he allowed me to work hard to, uh, to make the band. And, uh, so, so let me make sure I have this history. straight. You had never seen Tuskegee's band until you came there as a student. And then yes. you went to a game 
and was like, yeah. I, and saw them and you were like, I want to be a part of this. And then that Monday yes. you went to Mr. Yes. Duncan. That is correct. No <laughs> band camp, no band camp, no nothing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So what, yeah. was it easy for you to get like, I mean, I know it's a smaller band, but that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you had an easy adjustment or, or was it, how, how was your adjustment coming in kind of missing that first camp? Well, I'm coming from course style. Plus I'm coming from course style. True. So I'm coming from a completely different style and I had to work for the first time in my life this year. I had to work really hard, but I can say that my mentors in my section, you know, my section leader, Greg Williams, or, or my squad leader, Iris Dixon Meadows, you know, those folks, you know, they were tough, but they were, they really, they really worked with me. Greg would come to, Greg told me he would come to my room and work with me as much as I wanted to work after band practice. And he taught me, you know, all the facings, all the horn swings. He taught me that in my room after, and you know, he's trying to get in vet school too, you know, so he's, you know, and that's all great base, but he was willing, you know, to, to, to work with me as much as I wanted to work. And I, you know, I had to work at it and I, it probably took me, I probably didn't get on the field till the sixth or seventh game of the season. I think I only marched like maybe three games that season. I think it was A&M, I think we played um, either Mars Brown. I think we played Mars Brown, and then then we played in the Turkey Day Classic. So I think I only marched three games. It took me most of the season to catch up. Okay, okay. This yeah. is this is this is unique. I'm I'm glad you you're it's doing very, this. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I want to be able to show these these different perspectives of folks that march. So, you mm -hmm. know, I, you, you were an engineering major and. I'll tell you as somebody else, because we have some similarities. Like I was an engineering major too. I came from a course style high school band, but I remember my advisor, my freshman year telling me something negative, like, oh, you're going to march in the band. Like, you know, maybe, you know, maybe you shouldn't do this and be an engineering major. And I, I remember him mm -hmm. saying something to that effect. So my question for you, of course, and, you know, I obviously did it, but I mean, my question for you is, was Tuskegee supportive in you being an engineering student and marching? Well, I don't think that that information came as much from Tuskegee as it did from, from University of Florida, where I was originally going. And so, you know, I think it was just a thing from, from the day of engineering is going to be so hard. But ironically, I made my best grades during marching season. I was more fo I was a more focused student during marching season than I was when I when I was um, on my own in the spring. So um, so it didn't turn out that way. And there were a ton of engineers in our band. I mean, so it wasn't like I was the only one. In my saxophone section alone, I can count one, two, three, four very successful engineers. One's a vice president of Alabama Power, one's a CEO of his own company now. And that was, you know, that was guys that, you know, you know, we had a lot of veterinary majors. Um, we had a lot of nurses and occupational therapists, you know, because we don't have a music major. So our band is made up completely of, you know, volunteers as it were. So, um, right, so there's right. no core, there were, there were no core of, of musicians there. It was an all volunteer band. Uh, so, yeah. Right, right. I'm I'm surprised at this point. Don't do they have a music program now? 
I mean, a music yes, major. Yes, 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 okay. yes, yes. It's it's a very nascent music major. Uh, it's only started a few years ago when at, at which, um, as John Lennart took over about mm-hmm. the year that John took over, uh, Mr. Duncan was finally able to get a, a music program that. But it's very, you know, probably very few students. And right. by the way, too, nobody nobody got a band scholarship back in those days. The best they could do was a third of tuition for you. And it's it's probably very much the same way. And that's that's why we're totally small because you know the school has not invested the resources in the band until recently. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate because like, you know, it sounds like your experience marching with like engineers and nurses and thing and vets and things like that. Um was, was similar to mine because there were a lot of engineers in the band as well. So, mm-hmm. and and I can understand where you would say that you were able to focus better while you were marching because your time, like it just takes, the practices take so much of your time. So it's like you're forced to focus once you're stepping off that, that practice field, you know, you got to go to the study group, but well, at least it was for me. I, you know, I had to mm-hmm. go to the study group. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You you really you really did. And and you could see people, you know, say similar majors, similar classes. You know, we're on our way to a game or we're on our way from a game. You know, people are huddled up. They got their books. They're studying on the bus. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was even to this day, the band is very focused on on studying. They have freshman study hall every after every practice and the people who are in the major with the freshmen freshmen all uh, all help them to get acclimated to to the academic life of the university so um so it, it's really it, it's really interesting to see that things that we started they have improved upon and the students do a lot of what the staff do i mean if, if you can imagine miss duncan and mr lenard they were staff of one right for a college band we mm-hmm. had two when I was when I was there, and Mr. Gibbs left, and he was never replaced. So. Wow. Well, um, I know that you are a jazz head. That at least that's what I associate oh, yeah. with you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you that do? Did, did you do jazz band at Tuskegee? Oddly enough, Christy, I didn't discover jazz until I was out of school. Um, you know, I it, it is one of the regrets of my life is that. I, I wasn't really into jazz when I was there. I was into R&B. I was into a little smooth jazz, you know, a little David Sanborn, you know, a little Grover Washington, but that's about all that it took. But I really didn't have an appreciation for John Coltrane or Miles Davis or, 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 any, of, or, or any of the greats. Um, and that came much, much later in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, you finish your degree and what what engineering did you do which engineering no, I'm, I'm an electrical i'm an electrical engineer okay electrical okay so you get your your ee degree and you march for for four years five years for five years five years okay okay all right yeah. so let's talk about some of the rivalries or some of the memorable games you performed in um do any okay. come to your mind Yes, they do. Yes, they do. So, so um, I always remember Alabama A and M. That was my first away games, fall okay. of nineteen seventy seven. Uh, being a Florida boy, Huntsville was the coldest place I'd ever been. It was like tumbleweeds were on that campus when we came up there, and that was a mm-hmm. night game. 
And that's the first time we had actually battled against another band. Back in the back in that day, it was a more civilized era. So mm-hmm. the only play, you got to play during during football play a lot more. They didn't enforce that much, but at the yeah. end of the first quarter, each band would play a song. Nobody tried to play over each other. Or sometimes, if one band played at the end of the first quarter, they would let the other band play at the end of the third quarter. And so, but you did play a lot during during the game itself, and there was no fifth quarter, so you'd play your school song and bounce. Um, so it was it was very much different. Yeah. So you know what? I'm putting two and two together now. So you were in school in the late seventies at Tuskegee mm-hmm. with the Commodores. Yes. So- yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. In fact, when I, the first summer I went to Tuskegee, they were practicing in the cafeteria and you could go down and hear the Commodores practice for their concert every day. The only stipulation was you had to be in there when they started and you had to stay. You couldn't come in and out and you had to stay until they finished. And, and, you know, I thought that was going to be an everyday occurrence and I only went in there twice, but I could have literally heard the Commodores practice every day. And they were about, they were around town. And so it was, um, in fact, when a, a girl from my high school, I got her an autograph from Lionel Richie. She said, you couldn't tell me nothing when you sent me that autograph. I was there during, during the time when they were actually living there. That was the first game for me. Second game was then the Turkey Day Classic that year, because now this is something on the scale of the Florida Classic that I was used to with the stands. And we were fired up. We we brought the house down at the Turkey 1977 Turkey Day Classic. Mm-hmm. That was another great game. Fall of fall of 78 when I was pledging Kappa Kappa Psi, we went to we went to FAMU's homecoming and we turned it out. We were on fire. We were on fire that game. And then probably the most memorable game was fall of 79, first game of the year. We had to go into Mumford against Southern. Oh boy. That was that was the year Earth, Wind, and Fire's All in All album was out, mm. and we, we were so proud. We had three, we had three songs from that album. We were gonna play a couple at halftime and one in the stands, and so we had a little set with, with my Cap Cap Side brothers. And all the time they were playing music in the background, and they said, "We y'all, y'all not gonna try to stay in the stands with us after the game because we had been there for about an hour. It was playing, and they said, "Cause this is all the music we've memorized so far." So that was the first time oh. I had ever heard of a fifth quarter. Really? And, <laughs> uh, and, that, and, and so, yeah, that was literally the first time that we had heard uh, staying in the stadium afterwards because that was something that Jackson and Southern used to do. And then it was kind of expanding to other bands. And mm-hmm. so we had our little songs. Christy, they played almost the whole album before halftime. Them people never stopped playing. Wow. They turned. <laughs> They, they turned to us while we were playing across Mumford and we just had to stop playing because I couldn't hear the saxophone next to me. Wow. It was a very, very, very long day. <laughs> oh man, oh man. So, yes, you know, yes. I love hearing about, I love hearing about these these games that were that were mm-hmm. played, you know, 40 something years ago. I, I, love, I love this whole mm-hmm. band history thing. Um, so let's talk about Kappa Kappa Psi. So mm-hmm. there were there weren't a lot of HBCUs with KK Psi chapters when you when you pledged. 
right? No, no, there wasn't. Um, at the time in the Southeast District, uh, Delta Iota was um, was very active at FAMU. Uh, it was us, State of Tuskegee, and then Alabama State were the only brothers that we had. I think Alabama A&M came along shortly after then, but but yeah. In fact, I come from an era before the frat stepped. And so it was okay. literally a service or it was literally a service organization. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was literally a service organization, service organization for the band. So the focus was very much on service to the band rather than, you know, what they do now. And, and they do serve the band now, but but you know, they also they also put on some pretty great shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. So you completed your time at Tuskegee, you marched, um, you know, for the time you did. And then what did you do when you first graduated? Like what was your maybe first jobs after you graduated? So I, I moved here to this area. Uh, that, that, that in itself is a whole different story, but I moved to Okay, so what's this uh, area? Cause you know, people don't- people oh, okay, okay, that's right, that's right. I'm, I'm in the Washington DC area. Okay. So I moved. I moved into. I moved to the Washington D.C. area because my wife is in grad school at um, University of Maryland, and I ended up getting a government job first down at Patuxent River, and then in in Northern Virginia in Arlington. So I worked for the Navy for about twenty years as a project engineer, primarily some for sonar projects for the Navy. So um, I would I would manage sonar projects, and in the last ten years of my career. I spent at the Commerce Department as a subject matter expert in acoustics and marine systems. And wow, acoustics. Isn't that ironic? Yes. You're working in acoustics. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so and so many of the principles as I was taking graduate work at Penn State in acoustics, I learned it by thinking about instruments, you know. Um, mm -hmm. literally, literally I can you know about how how different horns vibrate the the ax, the axis of you know how how sax, saxophone radiates or clarinet radiates outwardly and inwardly to make the sound. I could visualize it by thinking about different instruments, um, and so um, mm -hmm. so that was very helpful, sort of tying the science to to the music that I love. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. what kind of lessons did you learn at Tuskegee, like mainly marching for the band that you took on your, your future jobs? One of them, one of them was leadership. Um, I would say, I would say that the best lesson, I learned how to work hard in the band. Um, I learned how to adhere to standards. Um, Iris, my squad leader, she was a tough woman. Mm. And she, she would not let up on me. She, she would, I could just hear her today say, close up, crab, close up, close up the rank, crab, you know, and I was just crab. I was, just, you know, I didn't even have a crab name because I joined right. the band so late. So she, so I was just crab to her and she would, if, if I played a wrong note, I got a side eye from her. If, you know, if I wasn't, if I wasn't dancing, because learning to play and dance was really hard for me. That was, that was a tough thing, mm -hmm. but I really learned leadership in the band when um, I became section leader. So one of my buddies, you know, we, we're marching, we're showing the freshman how to do it. And he was slacking. And, you know, he's kind of going through the motions. And Mr. Dunkson called me over. He said, look, he said, if, you, if you're going to be, if, if you're going to be my section leader, you got to go over there and check your boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I, and so I had to go back and tighten up my boy and tighten up the section, you know, because, uh, and I learned 
I learned that those standards that I had been given from Iris and Greg, he expected me to carry those standards on. And so, um, so that's, um, that's something that's always been with me. Um, right. It's those, it's those experiences and, you know, just all of the service that we had to do for the band with the one director. I mean, we had to go line the fields. We had to go pass the music out. We had to make sure, you, you know, so we became, in effect, almost like assistant band directors and section leaders because, mm -hmm. because of our, or as Kappa Kappa Psi, because he would always say service to the band first. And that was our official motto before you guys go off and do any of your fraternity stuff. Have you done the service for the band? And so, um, so yeah, I think it was, I, I think those are lessons that I learned. And, and of course, I just have a love for bands. And, and then I discovered the fifth quarter, you know, so, yeah, you know, and then it was, it was, it was just on. So my daughter went to University of Maryland. And I kept telling her about bands back in the day. And she said, well, let's go see some games, Dad. So, mm -hmm. you know, then, you know, when I, you know, when I came, when I came down to Atlanta, when I came down to, uh, well, she didn't come then, but we went to see FAMU and Southern. And um, I think I remember I was sending you a uh, an audio recording back in the day from, uh, yes. <laughs> my, from, from Miles, from Miles playing Cut Friends, man, they blew that on us. It was not. It was not. It was not very nice what Miles did to us that day. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I forgot because they are in the same conference, the SIAC. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So let's get into this book. So Daryl is one of the authors in the HBCU Experience HBCU Band Alumni Edition, the second edition. And um, just to give a shout out to Dr. Ashley Little, who's the visionary author, she, yeah, um, she, yeah. created, this, she created this series and, um, and I'm, I'm proud to be in it. And I'm, I'm glad that Daryl was able to, to take part of it. You'll be able to, by the time this airs, the book will be out, um, you'll be able to purchase it on Amazon or you can purchase it on the HBCU Experience Movement website. And so, Daryl, why don't you, without spoiling anything, give a little bit of a teaser as to what your chapter is about. I'm so glad that, that Tuskegee is represented in this book. Well, well, my chapter is called The Accidental Bandsman, and it just chronicles how I ended up getting from in the stands at the first game to actually on the field before the season was over and all of the uh, trials and tribulations as the old folks would say all of the things that I had to go through to to be a member of the Crimson Pipers and how that just sparked a lifelong love of music so it is um you know, it's it's a full chronicle to, to where I am now, you know, as a member of the Fort Washington Symphonic Winds, which is a, um, a community band that I play in at Oxford Hill High School under Mr. Walter Harley, who's from from Shaw University in, in Morgan. And we have a whole bunch of HBCU members there and just a lifelong of of just being a bandhead, you know. Um, so so that was all sparked by seeing that one band on that field that one day and uh, i kind of tell my journey and and tell my story the story of my journey and, um, in my chapter in the book well that 
That's awesome. I mean, I've, I've read it and it's, it's a very good chapter. And like I said, I'm glad you're able to rep for Tuskegee because it was really important for me um, this time to get like a lot of different schools. So you're gonna see um, a lot of schools that were not in the first edition. And, and let me just say the first edition was great, but this, this is good too. Um, so we have over 40 authors in this one. So, you know, it, it's, it's gonna be a good read. Uh, let's see what else. So you're, you know, you're retired now. And I, I know that you are always, a, you know, a musician and a band head. And, you know, I just really appreciate you. You have helped to expose me to, to jazz artists. Like, I remember you sent me like a Cassandra Wilson CD one time. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm, yeah, I just, mm -hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. I, I, I like her. And um, yeah, I just, I just really appreciate you. I want to just put that out there that um, Thank you. You know, I've, I've learned a lot from you. And um, thank you. Yeah. And so just in closing, is there anything that is on your heart that you want to get across or, you know, any, any kind of takeaways? Sure. sure. So, so being, being a bandhead right now, um, I, um, I'm mentoring a young man, a friend of mine, son, who uh, wants to march in an unnamed swag band. I'm not going to put the kid out there like that. <laughs> but, uh, it is so it is so funny. I've been trying to prepare him for his high school band camp. He's a rising senior, and he is down there right now catching it. I'm trying to show him his scales, mm -hmm. and he's looking all crazy. And it's like, okay, you go get down there. You're gonna see when them kids from New Orleans and Memphis and Atlanta start showing up, and they ripping them scales up and down. I'm like, okay, he about to get fire lit under. So. Mm -hmm. um, We'll we'll see if he can make the band because 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 about now he's probably saying how hard can it be, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he and he's learning. But I I'm really excited that kids are still looking at bands like this, and he's chosen one of the premier bands to try to make. And and so I um I I wish him well, and I'm I'm really I'm really pulling for him. And uh, I already sent a letter down there to the frat and say hey. Make sure he's tight. Make sure he knows. Mm -hmm. So, um, so, so, yeah. So, it. I'm um, always. I am. I am an advocate of kids going to school in band. I even bands that people don't like. It's a way to get them in school and 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 life changing. So even even bands that are kind of fish sandwichy. Um, <laughs> I I don't I don't care. It's like get them in school. Get them through school so they can have a. So they can have a better life. So, um, yeah. so I'm I'm all about that still. All right. Well, you know what? This this has been great chatting with you, and um, yeah, I've enjoyed it. I have to. I have to, Christy, and I I miss seeing you. You know, I've seen you. I've seen you at HBCU games. I've seen you at DCI games. You mm -hmm. know, I show up and see, still see fifth quarter people at Morgan games and Howard. So you know, it really is a community of, of people that I've met lifelong, lifelong friends and, and, and people that I, that I know I've, I've been enriched through what you and Mike did in the fifth quarter. And I just really want to end by saying that was, you know, so wonderful for the technology of the day. What you guys did was just even to get an old guy like me interested in band again and get me just totally hype about band. And I could, you know, so, so, so kudos to you and kudos to you for, 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 keep, for keeping up with it. Well, thank you, friend. <laughs>
You have listened to the HBCU Band Experience with Christy Walker. Interviews and editing conducted by yours truly, Dr. Christy Walker. The music is District 4 by Kevin McLeod. And you can find this podcast on hbcubandexperience.podbean.com. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Take care.